Aren't you glad you're saved tonight? Hallelujah. I want to speak to you tonight on a man. The the Bible uh, says there's a man that was the greatest man beside the Lord Jesus Christ, recorded in Scripture. And some of you probably know who it is that the Lord Jesus makes reference to. And that is the John the Baptist, born, the greatest man ever born of a, a woman. The Bible says in Matthew, turn there, Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, and verse 11, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of woman, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This man was greater than the apostle Paul. This man was greater than David. This man was greater than Isaiah. This man was the greatest man outside of the Lord Jesus Christ that was born among women. Two great statements that he made. He said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That's a promise, isn't it? Amen. What a promise that is. And then my title is he must increase and I must decrease. And he did. Herod, that wicked king, Put him in jail and had him beheaded. And for sure, John the Baptist decreased. And God, the son, increased. It's been a year. This July, last July, we were in New Jersey. And we got a message that my son David had a heart attack. It's been a whole year. Can hardly believe it. And that just threw me into a whirlwind. But God was good. And God blessed. And David has decreased since then, but he has increased for God. He calls me every week. He says, Dad, I'm going out soul winning this week. With a man, his friend. And he sent me a text yesterday with a picture on it. And he said, Dad, this is the first time that me and my wife and my daughter have gone out soul winning. So he went out yesterday with his family soul winning. That's the answer. That's the answer for our nation that Cody was talking about this morning, that the preacher was talking about this morning. It's the gospel going forward. That people might be saved no matter who they are or no matter how wicked they are. God will save. He must increase and we must decrease. I witnessed to a man last week and he said, well, he said, I used to believe in God. But he says, not anymore. I said, how come? He said, because of all the tragedy that's going on in the world. I've got family that have died of cancer and a family that uh, 
have passed away with other diseases. And he says, all the, and he says, how can God let this happen? And he went on for a while. And I said, sir, can I quote a scripture to you? He said, yes. I said, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I said, I don't know why all these tragedies happen, but it's because of our sin all the way back to the garden when Adam and Eve sinned and death came into our world and death has taken over. And that's why all these things take place. But to explain individual things, sir, I can't do that. He said, thank you. And he didn't want to talk much longer. Maybe he was moved. I don't know. Another man I talked to and uh, Dave Cameron and I were talking with this man and went through the plan of salvation with him. And he said, uh, he says, where, where is, where is he? Where is Jesus? Where's the miracles? Where's the miracles today that they had back then? Where are they? Where is it? Where is he? Where is he? And I said, this, this sounds like second Peter chapter three and verse four and saying, where is the promise of his coming. You know what? He is coming. He said, I am coming and I come quickly. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Things have changed. Things have changed, and they're not the same. And they will change, and they will get better. The Lord sent Jesus that he might increase. The all-powerful God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, he sent his Son, God the Son, Psalm 104, verse 30 says, Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, thou renewest the face of the earth. This is something that God does. Every time, every morning we get up, the face of the earth is different. God changes the earth every day for us. What a beautiful passage of scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 16, Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. This is the Holy Spirit's working. So we have God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all working together. What a team to have working on behalf of man, that man might be saved. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The day of Christ. Uh, Jesus is in the saving business. And he saves souls. And it's all because of him. It's not because of us, like Pastor said this morning. He doesn't understand why all this is happening, but it's God working. God working. I didn't understand that Friday when I went out, uh, Dave couldn't go out with me this week, so I went out to Delhi and I started knocking on doors and I came across a lady and she's probably 30, 32, something like that. I don't know for sure. But she just got married and they don't have any children. And I said, could I 
share some scripture with you? She said, yes. I said, could I, could I tell you how to be saved? How to know Jesus as your Savior? And she said, yes. So I went through the whole plan of salvation with her. And I said, what do you think? She says, this makes sense. And I said, you've got it. You've got it. The Lord says, come let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And she understood what I was talking about. She said, would you be willing to trust Christ as your Savior? And she said, waited about 10 seconds. And she said, yes. And I said, would you be willing to do it now? She waited for 15 seconds. And she said, yes. But she says, I don't know what to pray. I said, all you have to do is ask Jesus for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I told her, she, she knew she was a sinner. Her sin would send her to hell and that God paid the price. And she says, I will. And so she bowed her head and asked the Lord to save her. I said, you need to get into a good church. You need to be baptized. I told her of a church there in Delhi that she can go to. Pray for her. Her name is Mandy. Mandy. They're, 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 they are, I was not expecting that. God said to go, and he's with me when I go. But to tell you the truth, I wasn't expecting it. And I'm so glad that he gave me that, that opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus so they can be saved. That's what it's all about. That's what it, this whole thing is all about, people getting saved. Remember the day that you got saved? Remember the, joy, the rejoicing in your heart? Psalm 22, verse 28, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. God is in control. He is the governor among the nations. He sees everything that's going on. He knows what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. He knows what's going on in Canada. He knows what's going on all over the world, and he's in control of everything, and he's going to make everything brand new. He's going to change everything for, for God's people. But he's not willing that any perish. So why hasn't he coming? Because he's not willing that any perish. The long-suffering of the Lord is patient, waiting for someone else to get saved. I believe it. But there is a, a, a day, and he knows that day. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure. Talking of Israel, a peculiar treasure. You line that up where it says a peculiar people, and that treasure makes it sound a whole lot better that they are just a peculiar treasure people. And we're part of that when we get saved. We're not part of that, but spiritually, we're part of that seed of Abraham. A treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. All the earth is the Lord's. It all belongs to him. Uh, turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and we'll get back to this. John chapter 3 and verse number 22. After these things came Jesus and his disciples. John chapter 3, verse 22 into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Arnon, near Salom, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews 
about purifying the Sadducees, the priests, the Levites, and they were questioning. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. They're jealous already that all these people are coming to him. When people start coming to the Lord, let's not look at someone else. If there's some great work going on, let's not uh, put our thumb on that and say, oh, it's not going to last. It's God that's doing the work. And they were jealous of Jesus. They, they delivered him up for envy. Verse 27, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. So he's saying Jesus has this all from his heavenly father. Everything that he's saying is truth and you need to listen to him. It come from above. It come from his heavenly father. His, his father's will is what he's doing. You yourselves bear witness, verse 28, that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and beareth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He's saying my joy is fulfilled that I am part of working for the Lord and that he is the bridegroom and we are the bride if we trust him as savior and then we can work for him and then our joy can be fulfilled and the greatest joy third john chapter 1 verse 4 says i have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth that they walk in truth no greater joy that i've had as a father to get that picture from my son yesterday and they're out soul winning what a change praise god that's what that's what that joy uh, fullness of joy. You had that fullness of joy with Jesus. He must increase and we must decrease. We must give all the glory to God. Everything that we have, everything that we are, must all go to Jesus. It's all because of him. And we must decrease like John did. Like Jacob did when he prayed to God and wrestled with God and wept and was blessed of God. He decreased, and Jesus was increased. He must, 30, verse 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. The Apostle Paul was given a thorn in the flesh. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, lest I should be, why? Exalted above measure through an abundance of revelations. He decreased that the Lord might increase. God didn't want people going to him and saying how great, how great he is. And Paul didn't want that. And he said, I don't want that. I want the Lord to be increased, not me, because of the revelations that I've received. So he accepted that. His grace was sufficient for him. John the Baptist knew his place before the Lord. Mark chapter 1 and verse 7 says, The latchets of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. So the greatest 
the, unloose, the greatest man, the, the, the scripture records him as the greatest man that ever lived. He said, I am not worthy. I am not worthy to bend down and undo his shoelaces. That we would say he was not worthy. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up into glory. And he's in glory today. And he's coming again. And you can have him in your heart if you get saved. You can have the Lord in your heart. He that has the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. You can have the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. And you can have God. They'll make their abode with you. That is something. They can't be separated. Even though there are three different persons. How can you explain it? It's hard to explain. But we have to accept it. That it, that's something of God. Sometimes we get great trials and we're held back from what we think. Maybe we think that, that we should be honored or something. Maybe we think that, that we should uh, be in a better position and, and, and God is holding you back that his son might be increased and that you might be decreased and that God will get all the glory. Every man that has ever lived is only a man that God made and God used. Spurgeon was just a man, a man of God, but it was because God used him. Billy Sunday was only a man, but he was a man of God because God used him. Anybody that lives on this earth, if they're a man of God, it's only because of God. It's only because of the Lord. He must increase and I must decrease. Christ himself humbled himself before the Father. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He was willing to go to the cross to fulfill the Father's will. Are we willing to do what God wants us to do to fulfill the will of God for our life to present our body a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is our reasonable service to be able to must decrease that he must increase you must be born again you must be saved to be able to decrease for Christ that he might increase, you must be born again. John chapter 3 and verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is the words of Christ. Our words don't mean a whole lot what we think of our, or what our opinion is. When I'm out soul winning and I give my opinion, that's not going to see somebody saved. I, I give a testimony. That's good that someone hears the testimony how I got saved. But it's Christ through the word of God that people get saved. And trust the Lord as Savior. This lady, I opened up the Bible and showed her how she could be saved. She says, I believe that. 
And she trusted Christ as her Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I, I said, you can put your name in there, Mandy. For if Mandy shall call upon the name of the Lord, she shall be saved. For the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. You show them the scripture. You don't, it's not what we say. It's what the word of God says. John 3, 36, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not shall not see life. You won't even see life. You can be all around spiritual life, all the people that are saved, you can be all around it, but you don't see that life. You don't see that eternal life that God has put into someone's heart. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. The wrath of God is upon our nation today. It's upon our people today. And it's no wonder they get angry. Man turns from the conviction upon them. The wrath of God upon them. And tries to turn to alcohol. Over 3,141 million liters last year were drunk. Over 3,141 million liters of alcohol, drugs, immorality, vaping, money. There was a U.S. gambling record set for 2022 with more than $54.9 billion spent in gambling. A man is turning to vices. I was there until I received Christ, and then I turned those things over to him, and he took them out of my life. That's the whole thing. He must increase, and we must decrease. Man is provoking God to anger with their sin, and it's not a good thing that God is angry. God is angry with the wicked every day, and he's, he's filling up. That anger is filling up because of the sin of mankind. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 22 says, For a fire is kindled in my anger, and shall burn to the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Uh, man is not going to destroy this world by the atomic bomb. God is going to destroy it with his hand, with the fervent heat that he has placed there. He's going to do it, not us. But it's going to happen. <laughs> so we're supposed to listen to, to God. Pastor talked about the transfiguration the other day. And the Lord was lifted up. And the heavens opened up. And, and God said, this is my beloved son. I am well pleased in. Hear him. Hear what he has to say. Hear what Jesus has to say. That's what's important, that his word might go forward. Not our word, but that his word, that his gospel will go forward into all the world. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Amen. 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 Nahum 1.5, the mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. What manner of man ought we to be in all godliness and holiness seeing these things are going to take place in this world this whole world is going to burn up and everything in it 
The heavens will be rolled as a scroll and all the inhabitants will be taken out and brought to a different place. A new heaven and a new earth. First Peter, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall burn away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. God's wrath is being poured upon man, and it's increasing. And there's a place for the condemned, and there's a place for the saved. Those that never trusted Christ, it's not a very nice place. People say, well, hell will freeze over someday. No, hell's not going to freeze over someday, regardless of what man says. We got to... Uh, Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye curse into everlasting fire. Everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. So when we teach that it wasn't prepared for man, it wasn't. It wasn't prepared for us. But because of our sin, we fall into that condemnation. And we're guilty of that sin. And deserving of that sin. God punishes with evil. But we brought it upon ourselves, the scripture says. We brought that sin upon ourselves through our sin. But he has, by grace, given us a chance to have eternal life. By his mercy and nothing else. We can't be good enough. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 42. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's an awful thing. I was at uh, a, a, a retirement home doing a service. And this guy was there. And he was sitting in the chair and I heard this noise. Like a grinding. And I couldn't see what was going on. And I listened again and I could hear it again. So I went to the lady. We hadn't started the service yet. And I said, what's that noise? And she says, oh, that's so-and-so. He's grinding his teeth. I thought, how awful. To hear that for eternity? From millions and billions of people grinding for eternity? What an awful thing. We can sit here in our padded pew and I can stand up here and preach in luxury and have air conditioning when souls are dying and going to a Christless eternity where the worm dieth not. The worm there is called a maggot and that's not a very nice thing to say, but that's what hell is all about and darkness Matthew chapter 25 and verse 30. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping. Not only gnashing, but weeping. Oh God, if I could see that, Lord, I don't want to, Lord. Oh. Mark chapter 9, verse 46 where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. It'll never be quenched. 
It'll burn for eternity. And how long is eternity? How can you explain eternity? You can't explain it to me because I can't understand it. If you got it understood, then uh, that's great. I don't. You, you go up into eternal, in, eternal, just keep going up and up. What's up there? How far can you go? When you get up as far as you can go, what's after that? And what's after that? It's eternal. We can't understand it. Our brain's not big enough. But everlasting life is so much better than everlasting death. A hope that we have. The place of the redeemed heaven. John chapter 14, verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And he is preparing a place for us. And he's going to wipe away all the tears that we have. And he's going to take the memory away from all the things of this world so that we can live in peace for eternity. And we will, because God loves us. And we have a great place to go forward to. But think about the people that, that aren't. Think about them now that aren't, that we can have some kind of influence in, uh, that we can have a heart, a heart for them that they might turn to the Lord. And trust Christ as their Savior. My heart went out to that lady. Oh, please trust the Lord as your Savior. And she did. And I rejoiced. The place of the redeemed heaven. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. And I saw a new heaven. And a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And amen for that. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with them, and they shall be my, his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God will dwell with us, and we will dwell with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a great uh, thing that we've got to look forward to, heaven and God and the Lord and being with the Holy Spirit and all the redeemed of the world. And everything will be made new. And they say, where's the promise? He's, he's coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming. Praise the Lord. And the way to heaven, Pastor mentioned today, this is the word of God. This is the words of Jesus. This isn't the words of me. This isn't the words of you. This is the words of Jesus. He saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you can take all the books in the world and try and, and, and interpret that. But it's pretty easy to interpret. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto to the Father in heaven except by me, through my blood that was shed, that they might have eternal life. It's through Christ and nobody else. John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. The redeemed will be with Jesus forever. Uh, turn to 1 Thessalonians, 
1 Thessalonians <coughs> chapter number 4. <coughs> and beginning in number 16. Chapter 4 and beginning in number 16. <coughs> Where is the sign of his coming? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Uh, the dead in Christ will go, and then we will go with them to meet him. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to, be, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever, so we shall... Oh. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We will be with him for eternity. And, the, and we'll be caught up in the clouds. Janet said to me the other day, I wonder what that's going to be like. I said, I don't know. It's going to be pretty cool uh, in the clouds, eh? Wow. Be able to fly. And then we're coming back on horses. I don't think, Janet, you ever rode a horse? Horse? <laughs> yeah. I like riding horses. This will, that'll be something coming back with him. It's not going to be something good, though, that we see when he destroys all the wicked down here. But we're going to come with him and, and we'll be with him forever and ever. We'll be with the Lord. <clears throat> we are to point people to Christ. The next day, John, John 1 29. John the Baptist, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God would take away the sin of the world, the sin of the whole world. John chapter 6, verse 37. And the Father giveth me shall come to me, and all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Oh God, forgive me, I'm guilty of that. I'm so thankful that he used me Friday and, and took me through some houses and some people said no and, and, and one lady said yes. I've missed so many opportunities and preached to every, every person to preach. This means... We are to tell people about Jesus that they might be saved. Acts 4.31 records uh, Christians that humbled themselves and prayed in the beginning of the New Testament church. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. They were all filled. All the people were filled, not just the pastor, not just the assistant, not just the deacons, not just the, the bus workers, but all the people were filled with the Holy Ghost and they went out and preached the gospel to every creature that they might be saved. All the people. He must increase and we must decrease. God took a humble shepherd boy and made him a king, King David. But the prayer recorded in Psalm 51 records the humbleness of a broken heart that was humble before his Savior, that others would be saved. Here is a man that decreased, that God might be increased. Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. He said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. 
that I might teach sinners to be converted. That's, that's, our, that's our job. Give me the joy of Jesus. Uh, Cody mentioned it this morning, falling in love with Jesus. That's what one preacher said to revival is, falling in love with Jesus all over again. Remember the day that you got saved? Remember how happy you were? How much joy you had in your heart and you had to tell people about Jesus? That's it. That's it. Get back to that, that spot of seeing people saved and getting along with God and praying to God and having a good relationship with him wherever you are. Pray and read your Bible and study and, and think on Jesus. He must increase and we must decrease. Amen. Amen. Psalm 126, verse 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. How many times have you seen someone that's been weeping for someone else in, in the congregation and they get gloriously saved? Dr. Uh, Gabelines, he's an American evangelist. He's passed away now. Evangelical educator, author, editor. Comments on the conclusion of this Psalm 126, verse 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. He says, uh, beautiful is the ending of this psalm of prophecy. We must think first of him who came in humility and sowed his precious seed with tears, our Lord Jesus Christ, who wept before Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who wept at Lazarus' gravesite, who wept when he seen the multitudes. Only his father knows the many tears which he shed in his presence in secret prayer. And it is perfectly proper to apply this ourselves also. So let us weep and scatter the seed. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. We're not going to see people saved just because we go out, but we might plant the seed. We'll see some people say we might plant the seed and someone else will come along and water that seed. And someone else will come along and lead them to Jesus. But it's Jesus that does all the work. It's up to him. I'll close with this hymn. Up Calvary's mountain, one dreadful morn, walk Christ my Savior weary and worn. Facing for sinners death on the cross that he might save them from endless loss. He's not willing that any perish. He loves all mankind. Father, forgive them. Thus did he pray. Even while his lifeblood blood flowed fast away, praying for sinners while in such woe, no one but Jesus ever loved so. Oh, how I love, thee, love him, Savior and friend. How can my praises ever find end? Through years unnumbered on heaven's shore, my tongue shall praise him forevermore. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, 
Seems now I see him on Calvary's tree. I, I, I sing this in the car sometimes to the Lord, and I can't get past that so many times. Wounded and bleeding. Four sinners pleading. Blind and unheeding. Dying for me. He died for me. He died for you. He died for all mankind. It's up to us that Jesus might increase and that we might decrease. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for John the Baptist, the greatest man outside the Lord Jesus that was born of woman. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He said, He must increase and I must decrease. Are you saved? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you stand to your feet, please? Can I give you the invitation? If you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, would you be willing to admit it and say, I need Jesus. I realize I'm a sinner. My sin will send me to hell, but he paid the price. Are you willing to receive him? You say, Pastor Paul, yes, I am. Would, would you hold your hand up and say, yes, I'd like to trust Christ as my Savior? Anybody? The altar's open. Maybe you'd like to come and pray that God would increase in your life and that you would decrease and that you would glorify his name. Are you like that? Would you be willing to come? The altar's open. Come and pray.